We've all been talking about it, but Premier Daniel Smith was talking about health care in this province and things that, you know, might help us address some of the issues we've all been talking about and experiencing, including our situation with family doctors. And you know the story. Thousands of Albertans don't have family doctors. Finding one, not easy in a lot of cases. And, and that's your front line. So when you have problems with family docs, it just, it trickles right through everywhere else. You can't go to the family doc. You end up in the ER. It backs up the ER. You know the stories. We've gone through them a million times. Um, so Smith had come to the realization that family doctors essentially, and you know, we've been tasking them with running a small business is what it is. That That's the reality of it, right? Um, and then have a medical practice to manage at the same time. And as Smith said on the air, you know, we asked them to run a $400,000 business, $36 at a time. You know, that's how billing works within the system. And, you know, we've heard from many, many docs, I've heard from you here, that that system just, it doesn't work. It's it's not working well at all. So what could we do differently? There are some other models that we can look at, and the Premier was talking about them. How do they work? Let's find out. We're going to speak with Lorian Hardcastle, an assistant professor in the Faculty of Law at the University of Calgary, with a joint appointment to the Department of Community Health Sciences at the Cummings School of Medicine. Uh, Lorian, thanks so much for coming back. I uh, always appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, so let's talk about what we have in place now. We've all seen the polls. We've all heard from docs who say, you know what, the model we're running right now just doesn't work. A lot of them wanting to get out of, you know, small practice because you're basically running a business here while you're trying to be a doctor. So, so how does it work? How do they get paid, essentially, is the big question. So the main model by which family doctors are paid in Alberta is a fee-for-service model where they're paid for each service that they render. So with family doctors, that's typically a, a fee um, for seeing a patient and doing a basic consult with that patient. And that basic fee can change. There are modifiers, right? There are things if, you know, if you've got a special circumstance, you can add an extra 10 minutes to the visit and things like that. Yes, that's right. And and if the family doctor performs procedures in the office or other things like that, then those can be additional codes that they can bill for. But but really it is this model where you're paid for, for each thing yeah. you do, which tends to disincentivize uh, spending a long period of time with patients and talking about potentially multiple concerns they might have and how those concerns relate to one another. Um, some doctors still do that, but, but the incentive isn't to do that. Yeah, because it's a volume-based business. The more people you can put through, the more you can bill. Makes makes perfect sense. But the Premier's right. It's, it's a tough way to run a business. Doctors have said it for a long, long time. So she's looking at some other models that seem to be doing it differently in Ontario, British Columbia primarily, things that she'd like to adapt here. So the, there's a new model in BC that doctors seem to be very happy with. W- what are they doing differently there? Well, instead of paying um, by the service, instead some of these, these other models, including BC, would instead pay doctors a set amount for the patient population that they see. So uh, different jurisdictions do it differently, but it sometimes is based on the number of patients, but then often it's adjusted for those patients' complexity. So if you're seeing primarily older patients, that would be different than a population with people with less complex health needs. But the idea is you're paid an amount for the population that you see rather than for each service rendered. And it also builds, I mean, a system to sort of help connect patients with doctors, right? That's also happening. Because like you say, it's sort of, it, it's a it's a registry almost, if you will, and sort of like a roster. And that's how you're paid. But then the system also can say, well, you've got some space. Are you interested in more people? So it works on a bunch of different levels. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, that's right. And so you have your your roster, your your patient population, um, and then and then of course, uh, additional to that, you can have mechanisms to to help connect patients to doctors who have who have that that space. Premier also talking about, and I think this would be a big help in sort of saying, you know, we we're going to try and help our doctors be doctors rather than business people and administrators and all the rest, and and pay the costs that come with that. We'll take over some of that again, pointing to other models. What are they doing in places like BC and Ontario when it comes to helping doctors with the cost of running their business? Well, it isn't. It isn't just the the cost of, of running the business, but it's also some of the just the, the skill set. Um, of course, doctors go through medical school and they learn how to to practice medicine, but. In essence, they then have to learn to operate a small business, and so um, you know, understanding that that billing system is is complicated. Um, and in BC, they they indeed have found that uh, complicated billing systems distract from providing care, and so mechanisms that can be put in place to try to simplify those billing codes, simplify the system, um, and those are certainly conversations that are happening in BC, can all be time-saving things. Um, The other time-saving issue that often comes up are just some of the the paperwork and the documentation and, and those kinds of things, and so when we can streamline those, there's of course more time to see patients. So we're talking about it. Are we making any steps towards that learning? Because I, obviously I think the system that we're operating now, it's far from ideal. I'm not going to say it's broken, but it doesn't work the way we'd all like it to work, including doctors. Um, are we moving closer to this? Do you think we will? Progress is moving at a glacial pace. Um, you know, these ideas aren't new. Under the previous government, there were discussions around moving more doctors to some of these alternate payment models. Um, but progress is just so, so slow on these, on these issues. And I think it's unfortunate because I think that some doctors are seeing that perhaps in their view, the grass is greener in places yes. like BC that have some of these models in place. Yeah, I think you're right. If, if, if they keep, if we keep hearing more, I mean, and you know, it, it sounds like doctors are signing up to this new system in BC really, really quickly and seem to be liking it. Uh, yeah, it's going to look more attractive if we've still got the same problem here. You can see, and we, and we know we're, we can't afford to lose a single doctor at this point, Maria. No, no. I mean, the, they family doctors have large rosters of patients, and you know, we can't we can't have situations where hundreds and hundreds of patients are, are potentially losing their doctor, particularly in underserved areas. Yeah, exactly. Makes sense. Thank you so much for walking us through it, Lauren. I appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. You bet. Thank you very much, uh, Lauren Hardcastle, who is a professor, and uh, as I say, she's at U of C, not only in law but also in health and how those two. Uh, disciplines, I guess, intersect. But it's an important point, right, in terms of how these pieces fit together. And in fairness, if you want to be a doctor, you want to be a doctor. But we've we've spoken with doctors here on the air who say, you know, 25 up to and beyond 25% of their time is blown not doing doctor stuff. They're doing hiring and firing and administration and bookkeeping and paying bills and blah, 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 when we need them to be focused on the job that they're trained to do and we need them to do, which is to be doctors. So uh, I'm encouraged that the province is looking at the model. And like I say, BC's brought something in and 
thousands of doctors signed up to it like that almost instantly it was like this is this is perfect so it, it works it creates a roster of doctors with a registry of how many patients they have and where their patients are and you know there's people and computers that sort of sit together and go okay well you've got a little bit of space there's somebody that needs a doc can we connect the two makes really good sense helping out with some of the administration all these different things right just sort of making it easier and Honestly, it's a competitive business right now. You don't want docs looking over the border and saying, boy, that looks like a better thing than I got here. I'm going to go check it out. That's the last thing that we need, right? So let's, let's hope, let's hope that progress is made here. Like Lorian said, it's not easy. It takes time, but maybe we'll get there. Jerry in Edmonton, you're on there. Hey, Jerry. Jerry, are you there? Okay, no, Jerry. Thanks, Jerry. Um, yeah, so the details on uh, the way that it works in British Columbia in terms of how it was received and how, how doctors in British Columbia really seem to be uh, excited about this. Um, like I say, thousands of them signed up, boom, just like that, really, really quickly, and it's continuing to grow, and that's great for British Columbia. 3,300 physicians signed up almost immediately when they brought in this new family care model and like i say it's got computer technology a rostering registry humans that work with it and it all puts all of this information together finds local matches for patients individual family docs and nurse practitioners connects everybody together sort of finds you know who's best for who it's it's just a lot of things that really you know common sense in in a, in a lot of ways we can do this better we can do this easier and then there's the added piece of, okay, we're going to get rid of the old fee-for-service model, which is the way that it works now. And you know when people complain about, my doctor will only let me talk about one issue at a time. I have to book another appointment. It seems like he rushes in, and then he rushes out. Don't really get time to get into the details of what's going on. Well, I mean, think of the model that we have where basically they get paid per visit, you know, whatever it is, 35, 36, whatever the case is. And so you need to try and run this business, pay yourself. you got to crank through as many of those visits in a day as you possibly can. So, yes. That's part, like, they're running a business at the end of the day. They're not doing it this for charity. They're running a business. They've got staff. They've got costs. So, yeah, they try to maximize the amount of revenue coming through the door. And the way they do that is increasing the number of patients that they get through. So, yeah, not not a great way of doing it. BC is different. Gets rid of that. So the number of patients on the roster is how they get paid. Complexity, age, overhead, bills, everything. Everything all goes into it, so it's not just one size fits all. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.